Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to week three of the college football season. And this is the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. And with me, as always, is uh, the quarterback coach for the uh, Toronto Argonauts, Colin Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, Brian Goers, the uh, driving instructor for the Mizzou defensive line. Glad I could make it over here. Glad you could be with us. So, uh, the Tigers are 3-0 and on the season, and uh, it's been a struggle to get here. I think that could be the least that can be said. Yeah. At so, least it's a three and a zero. We'll just pretend that the games didn't actually happen. Uh, hey, bright side, guys. Uh, we're three and oh, and we could be Arkansas. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, glass half full. Yeah. Missouri played Connecticut this week, and we pulled off the nine to six victory. Yeah. Absolute uh, scoring. Uh, yeah. Juggernaut. Just, yeah. Just a crazy game. There was a lot of times in this game where I felt like. Indiana 2.0. Yeah, it was scary for a while. Absolutely. Um, I was really, I watched this game on the DVR. I was just playing in a charity golf tournament, so oh, I couldn't watch it live. Humble brag. Yeah. Well, it, the, don't be, give me too much credit. It's a, it's a charity to uh, raise money to euthanize the homeless. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but um, knowing that the Mizzou was going to win the game, watching it in the aftermath made it much more palatable. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm almost glad I watched it that way. It made me, uh, instead of being caught up in the emotion of how angry I would have been watching it live, I kind of could watch it with a little more critical eye, a little more objectivity. Um, well, I watched it live, and I didn't have any of those things. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Objectively, Matty Mock is hot garbage. Oh, he is indeed uh, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. <sighs> but I'll say, Drew Locke, he came in uh, and... Two different um, drives, one in the first half, one in the second. He, you know, he didn't provide enough that you could say he's the answer right now, but uh, the offense well, altogether was was just awful. But the first half, you know, he was three for three with his passing, and you know, I don't know That's what true. more you want out of him at, oh, in those Manny, situations. That's with true. Manny Mock, I feel like every before every game he just goes into it going, can I play Division One football and this entire bag of cocaine? Mm-hmm. You know, the way he plays, but you know what? That's unfair to cocaine. <laughs> but um, he is he is maddening. <laughs> so the game uh, was a struggle to watch. Missouri's defense, as they have all season long, looked incredibly tough. And uh, we started out the game. Our first points of the game came not from our offense, but from our special teams. 
where uh, Clarence Green blocked a uh, punt uh-huh. for a safety. Uh, we went up two to nothing, and uh, we gave up one touchdown drive on the day. Um, Connecticut got a, a touchdown, and then we blocked their extra point attempt. So yep. it was the very odd score of six to two in the first half. Yeah. It's like a baseball score. I couldn't watch it live, so I was just you know looking at my phone, and I thought, six to two? Well, we obviously got a safety, and they must have kicked a couple field goals. Right, one would think. Um, but the offense just could not get any rhythm at all. Uh, Mock looked confused out there. Now, granted, UConn has an excellent secondary. Um, their defense is strong. But at the same time, they're, they're not – when I say strong, they're not, you know, world beaters. Power five strong. They're UConn strong. And so, what, were we a 23-point favorite for this game? Yeah. yeah. Well, we did not cover. <laughs> it's safe to say we did not cover. Thankfully, I did not. Um, I did not bet on this game. No, I did not. I didn't either. Yeah, and the saving grace, I mean, for the entire game, which I think is going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the season, is our defense played pretty well. You know, outside of a couple little yeah. little issues, and and I think they played very well. Yeah, they deserve a bag of cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean the. Yeah, I mean, Matty Mock continues to put the defense in situations where they are having to defend the ball in short field situations. He had another one of his famous Matty Mock shitty, shitty pass interceptions. It was today. the Matty Mockiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the ESPN announcers were like, oh, you know, a, a fourth-year junior, third-year starter ought not be making those throws. And yeah, every he, they ought, fan, he ought not. Yeah, every Mizzou fan was like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, but, and, well aware but then that. after that turnover, what they they picked up the ball something on like the twenty or thirty yard line of of Missouri, and the defense held not them. only held them but pushed them back. I think then there was another, and then ended up they they didn't even get any points off. No, that, that was impressive. I, I think the play calling to me is starting to belie a little bit of lack of faith in Matty Mock because oh absolutely the the. the I saw more passes laterally today. I mean, there was, yeah. everything was yeah. five yards. A lot of bubble screens. Yeah, it was just like they do not trust this guy to go down the field. And at some point, when you don't trust him to go down the field and you've got Drew Locke on the sideline, you know, I understand that he's a true freshman and you don't know what you're going to get from him. And I understand Manny Mock is the entrenched starter. But ultimately, when you're having to hamstring yourself with your game plan because yeah. you have no faith in your starting quarterback, at what, what point do you pull the trigger? I, I actually think, you know, Gary Pinkle and the staff think or want – Mock to get injured, like they're like yeah. here, run the ball yeah, up like the this, middle on this yeah, draw. They're so, they're like, this, see. this little motherfucker is so tough. When is he going to get <laughs> you know, injured already? Because they they ran him something like nine times. Well, what would they do without Matty Mock? Yeah, what would they do? No, what's that? Who? Huh? So I think what um, might be holding the transition back a little more. Uh, I considered today is that without a running game, without Hansborough and, and Ishwitter being iffy at best, um, ishy, ishy, <laughs> he's ishy, he's ishy. Um, it's hard to put Drew Lock in because you have no running game, and yeah. so Mock becomes all of your running game. So if you take him out and you put Drew Lock in, Drew Lock doesn't have that ability. So I really feel like the injury to Hansborough probably plays into Lock not getting to play as much as. Um, Gary Pinkle being loyal to Matty Mock. Well, I'll tell you this: the design draws to Matty Mock did not work today either. Like they did against well, Arkansas I'm sure. State. I'm sure Connecticut's watching game tape, going, "Hey, um, by the way, the only guy on the field that can run the ball is their quarterback. So let's go ahead and take that away." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if anything, they're like, "Let him throw." 
Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're it's a, just a turnover waiting defensive to happen. coordinator, I, I'd be trying to bait him into any kind of oh, throw I possibly absolutely. could. Absolutely. There were a couple passing situations where Monk was set to throw deep, however, and he he just Overthrew kept tapping. The, well, or he couldn't find a man, and and yeah. and tucked and ran because uh, the Connecticut defense was was ready for it. Um, it, it was a defensive battle, and I, the reason I want to say that is um, I'm sure you guys listened to the preview show that we had uh, earlier in the week, and I said this to Desmond uh, Connor from the Hartford Current. Sounds like uh, maybe it'll be a defensive battle. Uh, that's that's possible. We'll see. I'm- it was very possible, and I feel like... He didn't answer that as definitively was enough to need to go back to it, I feel like. Well, the reason I went back to it is because I was right. The whole reason I sure, recorded right. it and replayed it is because I predicted a defensive battle, and it was a 9-6 to six game. Yeah, in fact, you edit out all the things that you turn out to be wrong about for future shows. I don't you recall know. any things that exactly. I've been wrong Exactly, like about. previous shows, all of a sudden, wasn't this an hour-long show? No, 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 it was 30 minutes. <laughs> there was a point where I did say that I, I think this is a game where we actually put up big numbers numbers against uh, Connecticut. Well, I think if um, if anything scares me about – I mean, I know we're playing the cupcake schedule, and, and I don't think anybody's lost complete faith in this team yet because I, I feel like there's some optimism that we'll put it together, especially once Hansbrough gets back. But I'll, if you'll look back to last season when we had success, in these cupcake games, we did have a couple of those games turn into video games, you know, where, mm-hmm. where, where Locke was throwing up touchdown passes and we were putting right. up big scores. We haven't done that yet. We yeah. haven't done that at all. And so it doesn't – fill me with a lot of confidence going the sec schedule though the sec the way that everybody's playing right now doesn't make me scare me all that badly it either is, it is a mess um up is down down is up as you said last year cats are marrying dogs it's 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 unreal yeah um i mean the good news glass half full we're three and oh well you know what on the defensive end um i'm gonna bring this up because i think i brought it up in uh like very early on is marcel frazier his uh number didn't call as much as you'd like to considering uh, the hype was kind of built up around him. But I was like, that 56, that Brady kid, Brady Walter Brady, man, he looks good. And mm-hmm. I said it really early on, credit yeah. to myself, because I'm a football genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, he continued to look good today. I think um, Marcel Frazier and Brady are going to be saving a lot, sh- or, you know, sharing a lot of snaps and uh, or swapping snaps. And uh, there's not going to be much drop-off for the uh, young man. And he is young. Yeah. He's an underclassman. Sure. And uh, – the, the, Harris didn't have the big sack numbers like he did against Arkansas State, but he was continually in the backfield. Uh, Josh Gustin, Terry Beckner Jr. Oh, he plowed uh, the quarterback or UConn's quarterback on one throw. It wasn't a sack, but I mean, just gut punched him. I mean, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, I mean, the defense is is the defense. They're excellent. They're if we are going to win games in the SEC conference, it's going to be because we have a stellar defense. And part of me feels like. If the offense is going to continue to be as shitty as they have been, uh, it's going to be a huge waste of this awesome defense. Brothers had the block on the uh, um, extra point attempt, I believe, and he continues to play like a fucking madman. He had another ten. He might be the best linebacker in the SEC. He's he he had one tackle that country. I think it's I think it's fair to start talking about him in terms of like AP defensive player of the year. I a hundred percent three games. I mean, who else are you going to pick? He had another ten tackles today on top of two back to back weeks where he had sixteen tackles with a with a kick block. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and he had two interceptions in the fourth quarter last week. The guy is doing everything on defense. You could ask for a single player. Can he play running back is my my question. <laughs> Look, somebody's got to. Or quarterback. It, it's yeah. very curious. I mean, I assume they sat Russell Hansborough out for the entirety of the game this week. Uh, my 
thought is that they they were confident that they wouldn't need him versus Connecticut. Turns out that we could have used him. But uh, I'm hoping that that ankle sprain will have healed up enough by next week that he'll be available for Kentucky and uh, the running game will start to open up again. The concern I have is the offensive line. The offensive <laughs> line doesn't seem to be improving, and all the all the positions we have the guys in, they're just not they're not doing the job. They're not getting better. Taylor Chapel's getting blown up. Who's the kid that's uh, I always forget his name? April Ablin. Ablin. I my hope for Ablin is is they he's a little bit undersized right now and he's right. he's going to put on some weight as the years go by but they keep putting him in there because I feel like they see something in him I mean mm-hmm. they see something you know they're they're trying to take Chapel to line up with him but like today when they had the kid in he, he had a penalty and he immediately got pulled out of the game yeah but I feel like um, maybe I'm hoping that he is something good on the offensive line they're just trying to push him a little bit because the offensive line is so bad do they see something in him or is he just their their options are so lousy yeah yeah, the best of the bad situation i don't know but uh the offensive line to me the offense struggled that's the bottom line everybody knows it and for me the key to improvement of the uh, offense is to give maddie mock time in the pocket and to give uh, the running back core, whoever the running back will be, a little bit of a seam, and that all stems back from the offensive line. We've got to get better at that position well, if we're going to have any hope. I mean, so Gary Pinkle really shifted, right? I mean, we used to play the very spread offense, think Chase Daniels, mm-hmm. you know, where one, you know, he was the only person in the backfield, five wideouts, spread them all out. To the SEC, and when we moved to the SEC, Pinkle really, and, and even a little bit before that, but but really moved into this establish a running game and we were pretty good at that that I think was that our was identity the last couple of years based on personnel though and sure you put drew Locke in the lineup and he matures you know you could maybe have a potential to do some of those things with five wide receivers and of course with this offensive line i hate to not think there would be a back in the backfield to to, to help blocker but uh, i will say this about the running game ish witter at times today got some yards and made some plays. And yeah, give him it's credit. the first time that Ish has showed us anything. Now, really nothing between the tackles necessarily, yeah. but he found some seams. And you can see that once he gets it going, he's he's really quick. But um, You yeah. know what I noticed about Ish Witter when he was running up the middle is uh, the problem had been he, he wasn't patient enough to look for yeah. seams in the weeks past. That's a, that's he was trying. Right, but this week he was trying to look for a seam like he'd stutter step a little bit waiting for something to develop. And, and then he'd just run balls forward like he did every other time yeah. <laughs> and he'd just run into the backs slower. of his linemen. Yeah. I, I think one of the things we need to talk about is the um, fourth and goal, fourth and one call Oof. by Pinkle towards the end of the game instead of taking three points. Mm-hmm. And um, sort of the effect that that had, or ended up not having, obviously. I think the, I think the that was obviously because you, you give up points, it's not a good call. If we'd scored, everybody call him a genius. Sure, it's a it's it's like it's a punt inside the ten essentially if you don't make it. And with the way our defense is playing, he's probably going to go. Well, let's go balls out and get seven here. And if we worst case scenario, they have to go, you know. 91 yards against this defense. Well, well, of course, the other option is that we put three points on the board. Right. I, I'm, and, I'm not and, not defending it necessarily. I'm just saying I can understand the thinking. Yeah, but so we went – we did this fourth and goal thing twice. One, it paid off on right. uh, when right. we ran the option to uh, – Mock kept the option pat, or ball and ran it into the end zone. We had success. The fourth and one – the second fourth and one that we're, Brian's referring to, uh, we ran an Ishwitter run up the middle, oh, which has never, never worked. worked all season. Well, listen, that, that call, I mean, I don't question trying to go for it on fourth and one, but I do question that call. 
I mean, sure. there's a lot of different options. You know, Matty Box had p- success on those fade routes in the past, and, and granted, we have young receivers, but we never tried that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that brings me to something I know I wanted to bring up in that uh, the uh, running back hunt. You know what I mean? Like, you play him too much, and you may find that he's overexposed, that he is not talented enough to be an every-down type back. But at the same time, every time they put that guy on the field, he seems to do things well. I mean, he had he scored a touchdown on a long Drew Lock throw, and it was a broken play, granted. But today, the, like yeah. 51 yards, longest play from scrimmage, he fucking bowled over a, a UConn defender. Mm-hmm. Not, a little mm-hmm. spin, a little juke, ran, you know, really made a nice run. And when they run him between the tackles, he always falls forward for two or three yards. And He's a granted, big kid. That's, granted, that's not you know, an explosive play, but when, you're, mm-hmm. when your running back core is depleted as much as it is, this kid seems like something that, could be tried. You know what I mean? Nothing else is working. Sure. And every time he touches the ball, something good seems to happen. So what the heck? Give it a give the give the kid a chance. Well, and then the other big thing just kind of moving from that too is is the the fourth down calls just in general, right? Because the game ended on a fourth down interception right. by Yukon where they could have tied the game and going back to had they kicked that field goal and then Pinkle not kicking the field goal, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where it becomes big. So if you if you think which which I I think I can wrap my head around his reasoning, right? Our defense is playing great all game. They have to go 99 yards. If we don't get this, you know, we're probably going to, we may even get a safety two points out of and get the ball back kind of a deal, which that'd be great. However, kick that field goal. We're up six mm-hmm. and then they've got a score on your defense. That's been playing great all day, right? Not, not kick a field goal, but they have to score a touchdown on your defense, right. which they really hadn't been able to do all game one time. And yeah, I agree. And, and it, it also makes me think of another element that we haven't talked about at all, which is uh, this game, any low scoring game was a game of special teams. Yeah. And UConn was an absolute shit show on special teams. Now I'll give her was ridiculous. I'll, bad. Gi- I'll give our, yes. give Missouri credit. We blocked a punt. We blocked a kick. Uh, we, we did good. We kicked th- one of our own punts. <laughs> right. We, um, you know, uh, Fatoni had a kick that we downed at the one. Uh-huh. We had some very uh-huh. good plays on um, special teams. But on UConn's side, those all went against them. And then their punter was terrible. I mean, they yeah. had some awful punts and uh, really kept us in the game. And, and they missed a, a, field, a long field goal, I'll grant you, but they missed it badly. Hey, somebody else missed a field goal, too, guys. <laughs> it's our fault it's our fault last week we we, we finally gave a little credit to andrew baggett we did we uh we scratched um, his nickname baggett of shit for baggett of gold it's uh it was our own fault that one's on me andrew that one's on me yeah i take credit for that one too because we did we did gave him a lot of pats on the back where is this andrew baggett who Missed that kick against South Carolina. Well, we met him today. Yeah, he was back. <laughs> there he was. He missed a forty-yarder. Not a short kick, but a makeable kick, and sure. uh, it, one yeah. that he's made many, uh, yeah, many he's, times at this point. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's just it's easy to pick on kickers because uh, they <laughs> they either it's binary. They they're great or they're bad. Yeah, there's, there's no, no gray area. area. Yeah, uh, but he, he was bad today. Uh, but but UConn had such little faith in their kicker. They made that uh, fake field goal attempt. That uh, well, he gave them. Cheryl, he's given them all the reason in the world this season. It sounds like to which, not have faith in him and he missed a shitload of kicks. And I understand that. Then okay, fine, don't do that. But like, throw it just up in the air down the middle. Like what a. Ter- 
terrible call on UConn's part it was to, not good. to throw that. Cheryl it, caught the interception and that iced the game. And Mizzou, what, Mizzou was keyed off on that, right? I mean, wasn't everyone like looking for that? I yeah. bet oh, you they're going to fake it here. There were three Missouri <laughs> like, players that what? were in position to intercept that pass. <laughs> I tell you, bad pass. The play of the game came much earlier in the game when they threw a uh, a little. Uh, fly route right up the middle of the field to their tight end and he caught it for a split second and it was knocked away by missouri mm-hmm. imagine if that mm-hmm. touchdown goes on the board yeah that was that was a great play was it it was, i think it was donovan newsom yeah, yeah the linebacker uh in the nickelback yeah um, their quarterback thought it was a touchdown they oh i thought yeah, it was a yeah. touchdown it, yeah it was it was a great defensive play though he got his hands on the ball mm-hmm. and pulled that mm-hmm. thing away uh, it was a good play call by UConn, and oh, it yeah. was just an excellent – it was an example of Missouri's top-notch defense that, uh, that kept points off the board. Yeah, I mean, if we can stop our defensive players from using our, uh, a car, I think we you know, the, yeah. the, sure. the football team's defense is going to be a strong strong suit all year. I mean, yeah. if, if we can just stop them from using automobiles. We possibly lost four players this week oh. due to a automobile And Beckner Jr. played well today, too, despite the fact that he probably had whiplash. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Well, I don't think a, a tiny thing like an SUV can stop Terry Beckner Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but it also proved, Brian, I'll say this, Terry Beckner Jr.'s accident that Matty Mock's not the only one that has trouble sustaining drives. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's well played there. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, so all this, right, it just sets up, you know, the future. I know we're going to talk later in the show about about next week or whatever, but this this is your your scary moment, right? Your kind of come to Jesus time that you've got a good defense, mm-hmm. you've got pretty much no offense through the first three games, and those were the easiest games on your schedule, right? Like now we start SEC play, you're now we of- start the games that matter, and and so for all those Tiger fans out there, and I'll admit I was one of them at the beginning of the year that was hoping that we could go, you know, back to Atlanta this year. All hail the Bulldogs at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an listen, battle. at this time last year, we were talking about a lost Indiana. And would have any of us at that point well, guessed that, that was, we were going to win? the fourth game. So we were, we were 3-0 last year. Well, either way, the, the fact is, is we, we lost to Indiana early in the year. And would have anybody at that point in this room have said, well, Missouri's definitely winning the East. True. So despite the fact that we have um, played like a fucking hot garbage. Uh, hot garbage. We are... Still three and zero, and there is always an opportunity to. But we're we're zero and zero in the SEC, right? I mean, that's that's the big thing. The remarkable thing that Colin's referring to is that Indiana game last year is now our sign of hope for this season. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Well, I I was uh, consoling a uh, Arkansas uh, listener to the show um, on Twitter last week. He was like, "Oh God, this is going to hamstring us the rest of the season." Blah blah blah. And I said, "You said no. Wait till next week." Well, I said. I wish I had the, uh, but I was, you know, I was like, listen, we feel your pain. I mean, no matter what we achieved last year, everybody just wanted to hang that Indiana loss around our necks. Yeah. So I mean, and Arkansas obviously is not going to do anything this year because they lost again. But I right. thought I could, I could say Arkansas winning the West and still getting no credit. You know, what I mean, like, yeah, but you guys lost to Toledo. Mm-hmm. Well, can I talk about before we run up against the break? One last thing we haven't mentioned. No, that- absolutely not. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> It, um, some somebody we've been talking about and, and heralding as a great star for years and years and years, Sean Culkin. Sure, uh, all he does is catch <laughs> passes. Oh, sure, year. sure. I, I remember those conversations vividly. He's the most reliable a pass catcher we have on our squad. All of a sudden, well, I you know I uh, was lobbying for Hunt earlier. I also would lobby for a little more Leftwich. 
I mean, mm-hmm. um, he seems to get behind the defense. He, I don't, I mean, he seems to catch the ball. Uh, no, I know that he doesn't get a Demont, lot of Jamon Moore and the and the, the, Nate, Brown. the Nate Browns of the world are much probably more athletic players and you know highly more highly regarded. But at this point, they have not been consistent, and uh, Wesley so far has. Yeah. Well, clearly, Mizzou's trying to figure out who to go to. We had nine different players catch a pass today. That's what they need to figure out is who's going to throw them the ball. You know what <laughs> I mean? I feel like that's the biggest part of this equation is, you know, regardless of who's out there, somebody's got to be able to deliver the ball. And Matty Mock is a whirling dervish back there, and it's uh, – we didn't talk enough mock, hot mock lock talk today. Because uh, Drew Locke looked okay, and I saw some some asshole on Twitter being like, "Well, guys, if you, for all you Locke lovers, he hasn't looked any better than Matty Mock." It's like, well, hold on a minute. He Put got the guy in for he one got, series. He got in, in for one game. series, and he was three for three. And you know, he pretty small sample size. Yeah, I mean, pretty small sample size. And as far as I could tell, he didn't look like um, he'd never played football before. So that's an improvement over Matty Mock. <laughs> yeah, I wonder wonder if they shouldn't instead of just because. One of Pinkle's things is we're going to try to put him in a series from time to time. But instead of doing that, just be like, you're going to have the second quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, give him a chance to actually establish and build upon, yeah. you know, success or failure and learn that lesson as opposed to like, hey, great job. You threw a pick. Now don't ever play again. Right. I don't think game. that single like drive. Last, last game. Yeah, that single series uh, move that Pinkle's working with now. It doesn't really give you the sort of full scope of what you would work with as a full-time quarterback. Well, you, I mean, he then these most there's like three incompletions he had, but all three of them were down the field, which is suddenly Mizzou's calling plays down the field when he's the quarterback. Right, we weren't even mocks throwing five yard outs, so it you know agreed. they're already got more confidence that this kid can go down the field than Matty Mock. I did like to see the. I, I liked that they brought him in late in the game. Yeah, that that to me was the first ever indication that Pinkle had a chink in the armor of his unwavering support for Matty Mock. Right. He actually brought uh, Locke in in that fourth quarter. He'd never done that before. He hasn't up to this point. Well, and, uh, I mean, I was a little disappointed. A couple, like one of Locke's passes was pretty badly underthrown. It could have been an interception. Yep, yep. But still, even when he throws it poorly, it comes out of his hands so much smoother and better looking than when Mock throws the, the ball. Um, Opportunity wasted, though, in my opinion. I mean, you've got three "quote unquote" cupcake games, which Mizzou has made sure were ne- none of the three were cupcakes. Mm-mm. But if you're going <laughs> to get if you're going to get um, Drew Locke, probably substantial playing time at this point, or to this point, you're gonna, we're going to do it in these three games, and now we're heading to SEC play. Right. I can't imagine unless Matty Mock completely shits the bed that Drew Locke is going to see very many snaps. And then it's like well, we said before: why did we? Why did we burn his redshirt? Well, I, I think what you might find is, let's say the season takes a turn in the SEC play, and we're no longer turn for the good because I don't see <laughs> shut your mouth. Uh, no, you know, not to jinx us too much here, but but if we end up, you know, um, five hundred or worse. I, I bet. I wonder if you'll suddenly start to see more. Be better because if we're, if we have that sort of season, it's probably going to be a direct result of Matty Mock playing like garbage. Yeah. Well, but not just the. I mean, I know we hate on him a lot, but we just talked about we too do. the offensive line. Depending on if we get Hansborough back, it's the yeah, young not as mobile. Core, as, so I, it's not as you, mobile as Mock. This offensive line could yeah. could get Drew Lock killed. <laughs> but it, that's, that's kind of the thing that right you see in the NFL more than I think you do in college where. The season's a loss, and so it's like, well, let's see what our young quarterbacks mm-hmm. got. So we, you know, for whatever reason, and um, I, I wonder if he'll go that route if if the season does turn. I hate to think that the only way we'd see more of Drew Locke is that we're our season tanked, but it's possible. Yeah, my prediction, um, my prediction, obviously, in the, even in these games when they were taking such terrible turns, is that the passing the torch is going to happen like 
Matty Mock is going to have one of those has where he throws like three interceptions, and Gary Pinkle's going to put Drew Locke in. He's going to immediately drive it down the field, score a touchdown, and we'll never look back. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, <laughs> I've been predicting that's going to happen at some point. Like the offense is going to be moving. Everything's garbage. Locke will come yeah. in, and he'll take it'll a game like a over and flip. win a game for us or something, and that'll be the end of the, the well, controversy. Remember that that Make was it easy for everybody. not <sighs> exactly what happened, but when uh, we had Franklin and Mock yeah. in uh, maybe the SEC title game where Mock comes in, drives us down the field, we score a touchdown next series who comes in franklin yeah like it, so pinkle is pinkle uh, yeah i don't know that you'll you'll see that from him. well guys let's decompress it was a tough game to watch so uh but it was a victory colin's yeah. point earlier we're three and oh correct and uh, good points it's much better position well, let's we not go too far colin <laughs> well let's we're gonna walk it around a little bit and then we're gonna come back and uh, we'll have some more sec talk for you this is the Mazobcast. <laughs> Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Pull up your fence. We're back. Man, we are back. And so, guys, it's been an exciting week in football, but there's other news that goes on in the world. And I think it's time to talk about it now. Are you ready? I'm ready. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This it's Kansas News. Okay, our first Kansas News story, fellas, is... Wichita man, hopeful to win lottery, struck by lightning instead. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess both are... are, are uh, Long chances. Shot. Yeah. yeah. Long yeah. shots. What, yeah. Uh, what odds are actually better in that yeah. scenario? Well, uh, this comes from Wichita, Kansas. A man in Wichita is proving an old saying that it's easier to be struck by lightning than to win the lottery. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> it sure is. Bill Isles bought three Mega Millions tickets Thursday. Later that night, he was in his yard when he was hit by lightning. I, how do they make this connection? I mean, uh, the, the story is the man was hit by lightning. What real difference does it later? make that he, yeah. he bought lottery tickets that day? I mean, I feel like... Most people's career choices in Kansas really just revolves around buying lottery tickets. They don't actually have jobs. So, and then I wonder if when he got hit by lightning, he goes, "Oh shucks, now I'm not going to win the lottery." <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he thought, "I got struck by lightning. Well, yeah. Things got to turn around for me." Uh, Isles is a storm spotter for the National Weather Service, oh. and was he was on his ham radio at the time. So there's still <laughs> someone doing that. Uh, they say I will have some things with my memory that will bother me for a while, Al said, but I won't remember them, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> but I wasn't burned. I had a, a little bit of an irregular heartbeat. <laughs> the, the odds of being hit by lightning are 1 in 835,000. The odds of winning the Mega, Mega Millions lottery are 175 million to 1. Well, then wow. it's really not that big of yeah, a story. Not <laughs> much better chance of being hit by lightning. I like to think that it's God throwing lightning bolts at Kansas residents just because they're so awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, it's just a big, flat 
godless hellscape. And Where else so is the lightning going to hit? Yeah, if you're standing upright, you are essentially a lightning rod in Kansas. <laughs> so, sorry for Bill Isles. Uh, maybe like next time, because you can keep playing that lottery. Britain, yeah. I feel like the chance that, that that statistic is probably based on the country as a whole. I wonder what the Kansas, <laughs> you know, because everyone's just a living lightning rod in the state, I feel like the chances are much, much better. Somebody should do some studies on that. Yeah. yeah. So, our next story. Kansas man robbed three people for money, Red Bull. Uh, from the AP, a Kansas man with an apparent affinity for Red Bull robbed at least two people this year so he could get the drink, police said. Eddie Johnson, age 27, was charged with robbery, kidnapping, and weapons charges. He brandished a knife, forced people into their cars, and told them to drive to an ATM machine to withdraw cash or to a supermarket to buy him Red Bull. <laughs> He really likes Red Bull. He really wanted those wings. Red Bull gives you a wing, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Johnson first struck in February when he approached a woman and allegedly asked her for money. When she refused, he made her drive to the ATM, take out money, but the woman purposely entered the wrong PIN number. Johnson then forced her to go to a store and made her buy $70 worth of Red Bull, police Jeez. say. I feel like That's a Red lot of Red Bull? Bull. Yeah. He struck again last month when he forced a man to drive him to Patterson, Kansas, where he took the man's smartphone and $30. The latest robbery occurred last week when he allegedly forced a man to drive to two different ATMs at gunpoint and withdraw $60 and made him drive to a store for more Red Bull. I can't imagine how much someone would have to pay me to drink Red Bull. <laughs> Johnson fled when the man's credit card was declined while trying to buy the energy drinks. <laughs> uh, this is Kansas. Yeah. Really we can't should, even rob anybody. struck the wrong guy, I guess. We should come up with a nickname for this guy. You know, the Red Bandit. The, uh... the Winged Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> I it wasn't known Wednesday if Johnson was re- had retained an attorney who could comment on his behalf. I'm going to say no, he didn't. Yeah. Well, the the hardest he, part is this Red guy's going to be hard to inc- incarcerate because of the wings. Mm, <laughs> That's true. true. He's going to be sure so hyped up. Make sure they're rough on that jail. Yeah, <laughs> he remains in jail in lieu of a five hundred thousand dollar bail. Wow. So, uh, and then finally, man dies in southeast Kansas in lawnmower accident. <laughs> Of course. It's kind of a sad, okay. sad bit of news. Uh, Chitopa, Kansas, a 42-year-old man, has died in a southeast Kansas lawnmower accident. Mm-hmm. The Kansas Highway Patrol identified the victim as Jason B. Simpson of Chitopa. The patrol say he was killed Friday night after his mower left a yard and drove onto a Labette County road. And here's the <laughs> kicker, guys. The mower was then hit by a pickup truck. Oh, no. <laughs> Not where I was expecting it I to I wondered go. why the highway patrol is involved. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw it too. Driving down the interstate in his lawnmower? He's going to get some Red Bull. It is Kansas. The truck's driver was not injured. Um, oh, good. So I, when they say you're injured in a lawnmower accident, I'm thinking the lawnmower blade has something to do with it. Right, right. No, no, he drove it in the road and he was hit by a truck. I, I would say that... Yeah, 60 to 70% of uh, Kansas residents' main source of transportation is probably lawnmowers. Certainly the ones with DWIs. Yeah, so it's probably, like the lightning strike earlier, it's not that much of a long shot. Well, I think most of the people there in their lawnmower driving to the local convenience store to buy Mega Millions tickets. <laughs> and Red Bull. And Red Bull. <laughs> and Red Bull. It all ties together. Um, unfortunately, that's the end of Kansas news because Kansas had a bye week, though unfortunately they did lose to the bye week 21-17. Uh, yeah, interesting fact about the Big 12 is that they just assign Kansas a loss in every week, and they forget that they have bye weeks from time to time. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that is Kansas news this week, guys. 
So uh, now that we've taken care of the important stuff, done away with the unpleasant business of all things Kansas, let's get her, let's get to the uh, the SEC, shall we? Uh, let's do a little around the horn for the SEC. <laughs> that he does. So let's start with uh, Texas A&M. They beat Nevada, as everybody expected, 44-27 to this week. Mm-hmm. LSU beat Auburn, which I believe we all picked, 45-21. to Auburn yeah. is just having a little bit of a rough start. Yeah, this this Auburn has been to... straight-up hot garbage. Yes, indeed. Hot, hot garbage. Yeah, the tailspin of the Auburn football program continues after their big win against Jacksonville well, State. They were... Um, you know, talked about with Alabama as, you know, the contender. Main, yeah, the contender right. for the West, and they have just been an absolute shit show. Oh, wait. Before we get too deep into it, we forgot to do something very important, guys. Um, we have another analyst with us. It's the Paul Feinbot. Oh, so. uh, oh hold on. I, I forgot to fire him up. He's right here. <laughs> Nick Saban. There we go, Paul. Are you are you ready to do this, Paul? Let's get started. Okay, sorry about that, folks. Yeah, Paul's Paul's with us now. All right. So uh, Mississippi State put up sixty two points on Northwestern State. I don't even yes, know sir. I don't even know where Northwestern State is. It's somewhere Louisiana. In the I I saw that this week. I was I so not at all Northwest. N- well, they, I, just, I saw their their logo and it's uh, an N and a W on top of Louisiana. So I can only assume it's in Louisiana. It would be rather confusing if it was you know. Say Ohio. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good job. Good job beating Northwestern State. Yeah. Vanderbilt, in a little feel-good moment for themselves, put up forty-seven points on a school that you don't really care about the name. Well, of. they Boston assigned P, points yeah. for for uh, like was there a spelling contest at halftime, and they assigned points for that. And Vanderbilt, you know, that's I feel like they chalk up uh, quite a few points in, in something like that, an I, academic. Contest. I got a little confession. When we made our picks last week, I was a little <laughs> apprehensive to pick Vandy, uh, when knowing nothing of Austin P. Just knowing they were playing Vandy, yeah. But uh, Vanderbilt put it to them. I'm uh, frankly, I'm jealous that they get scored that many points. No doubt, must yeah. be nice. And then Georgia, our overlords in the East, Georgia beat South Carolina fifty-two to twenty. The old mm. ball coach. Yes, he yep. did. Yeah, that's uh, the old ball coach is uh, slipping. Yeah, that I, I I don't think that's a huge surprise to anybody. I think Georgia fans were a little concerned because South Carolina in the past has uh, shocked Georgia number, a little yeah. bit, but not this year. Georgia's strong. South Carolina is in the dumper, and uh, they proved it again. Yeah, I, as I said last week, I think the Grecian formula is starting to soak into the roots mm-hmm. of uh, Steve Spurrier's head and starting to poison his brain. And uh, look look on the horizon, um, Grecian formula poisoning could be happening to Les Miles as well, as I saw him on College Game today, and it was the worst dye job I've ever seen. And You're right about that. And I've been with numerous prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we Tennessee, all know. <laughs> Tennessee, in a little feel-good moment for themselves as well, after that loss from last week, put up 55 against Western Carolina. They took care of business. Yeah, and Tennessee's one of those schools. They've, uh, much like Missouri, uh, yeah, they've had some questionable performances, yeah. uh, including a loss to Oklahoma. But, Any uh, word on whether Joshua Dobbs has grown eyebrows yet? Uh, has Joshua grown eyebrows, Paul Feinbaum? Feinbot. No. 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 Thank you, Paul. Interesting. 
And uh, Florida knocked off Kentucky 14-9 to in a mm. little bit closer game than I think we maybe would have expected. Well, you know Florida's got a good defense. Um, both of these schools, I, I don't know what to expect of them. I mean, we got to go up against Kentucky next. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad to hear that Kentucky didn't put up a ton of points but because I think we have every bit the defense of any other team we're going to play in the East. It's just a matter of whether we can score on them. Well, I think so. the hope is that Hansborough will be back and uh, we can do some damage that way. But um, we all this was actually Florida, honestly this was actually closer than I thought. I honestly thought Kentucky's win last week was probably more fluky than than um, Kentucky would like to admit. But they gave uh, Florida all they wanted. Yes, sir. And uh, I'd li- I do well. We'll say this as a, as opposed to Will Muschamp. I like Florida's coach a lot better. He seems. Uh, um, I seem I like the guy. He's, I like his attitude. He's he's kind like of a hard nosed coach, and uh, you like yeah, he's a hard ass to his players on TV. Well, I you know what I kind of like about him is he, at, on the press conference he's he's all internalizing. We need to get our shit together. Kind of whereas the Brett Belimas of the world are too busy commenting on Ohio, State Ohio schedule. State's mm. schedule. You know what I mean to to worry that, about what's going on in, inside their own locker room. You know what? I, you know why you don't say that stuff though as a coach. Is because then if you lose, like everybody shoves it back down your throat, yeah, right? Like, like there's asshole. just no upside well, to saying anything about another school. No, and that's what I mean. Like Urban Meyer, as much said it last week, and, and this Florida coach seems like these guys have no time for it. Like they've got their own problems, they got their own shit to worry about. Right. They're not worried about somebody else's schedule. They're worried about the game that's in front of them. You know what I like about Jim McElwain this year for Florida? He's he's not uh, must champ. Well, I think uh, if you're a Florida fan, you should really like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that game's important, obviously, for Missouri because it's the the two SEC East competitors that um, you know Missouri's going to have to go through. And I'm not, you know, Florida being the one that I think should give us a little bit of pause at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for shit. Well, I'm I'm worried about Kentucky because they're next on the docket, and I don't well, know right. that we have yeah. any offense. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then there were there were three other SEC games. Obviously, the Missouri UConn game, which which uh, Mizzou won. Did they? Uh, I believe. Let me double check. Yep, uh, six to nine. Barn burner. Yeah, high offensive. High Real Donnie Brook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other two, one is is uh, just in the fourth quarter right now. With Ole Miss Alabama, with Ole Miss being up thirty to twenty four as we record this. Ooh, yeah, that's a good little thing. Um, I'm curious. I guess our listeners will have to write in to tell us how that finishes. Yeah, yeah. Don't um, tell us. Yeah, we, I, <laughs> we're DVRing it. I do think we should note because most of the games we pick the same scores. But uh, should this score hold, uh, one of us last week picked Old Miss to win, and that would uh, be me. Yeah. So well, congratulations sp- to uh, me. So golf cup though. Speaking of of going against the grain, our final SEC score involves Arkansas mm-hmm. losing to Texas Tech. How did that happen? They're, they're supposed to be a contender for the Wait, West. Yeah, I thought Arkansas was one of the better teams in the, in the conference. Yeah, it's yeah. strange. How did that happen, Paul Feinbot? <laughs> Paul, how did it happen? I don't know. <laughs> we don't either. Well, I, I'll take. Uh, I'll go ahead and take my victory lap now. Thank you, since I picked uh, Texas Tech to win this game last week. Yeah, Brett Belima is uh, eating large, large plates of crow right yes. now with his all his blustery bullshit. Brett Belima eats large, and, large plates of food and whenever again, they play. <laughs> this is this is why there's there's no upside to saying anything, right? Because yeah. you lose these two games, you're still going to get ridiculed because you lost these two games. Well, and you shouldn't have Arkansas. The Arkansas fan base was so high in old Bert, and I can't imagine that he his popularity is taking a serious nosedive right now. Arkansas yeah. and Tennessee, right? Those were the two SEC 
fan bases that were like, this is the best team that we'll ever have, and we're going to win it all. Yeah. And Arkansas took a, a big step backwards. He'll have to console himself by crushing his hot wife at, during some ecstatic lovemaking. <laughs> uh, assuming she's you know, available at yeah. this point. Yeah, two, two non-conference games that Arkansas has dropped now before they even get into SEC play. Uh, good news for them is uh, they're, they're zero and they're zero, zero and zero in the conference play. Yeah. I guess the West is still within their grasp. Indeed, <laughs> they, could, they literally could still win the West. That's a fact, statistically speaking. <laughs> yeah. So is that the is that the whole entirety of this week's docket? Yeah. So that runs down all the games. Um, kind of a kind of a surprise with definitely with Arkansas. The, the Ole yeah. Miss Alabama game was the was a premier marquee matchup. I think right. if Ole Miss hangs, pr- pulls this out in uh, Alabama, they become the favorite to win the West in and my they opinion. Beat Alabama last year. I mean, yep, they were the they were the big upset because last year. I mean, to me, you beat Alabama tonight. I mean, if that happens, then you know who was the other who was the other team that everybody was so high on is is Auburn. And at this Auburn. all at this point, you have to believe that uh, uh, Old Miss could take care of business against them right now. Yeah, but what about Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean. Yeah, oh, Old Miss is in my mind is a runaway favorite. I mean, Texas A and M also they do look good. Oh yeah, they, um, they look good for a big portion of the early season last year though, and fell off a cliff. That's damn well, right. And they still have to play LSU. Yeah. So LSU. Now LSU is the other one good. that uh, is asleep. I mean, LSU is uh, looking good right now. Yeah, but, and but man, that turns Alabama's world upside down because I mean, regardless of who was predicted to be good or bad in the SEC West, Alabama always considers themselves the prohibitive favorite. I think the SEC right now is is doing its damnedest to make sure they don't get anybody in the playoffs if if everything's hold right now. You know, Nick Saban. Yeah, Paul, please. I know, I know how you feel about Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Paul. Okay, so Brian, why don't we go to next week? Let's look ahead. Who's on the SEC docket for uh, Week Four? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, Mizzou is playing Kentucky, and we'll get to that. I think towards the end of the show. Let's do that one last. Yeah, um, but Georgia is going to play the the big powerhouse uh, Southern. So okay, we've been making our picks starting last week, and. Um, much like some of the other games, I think we're just going to cross that one off the board, and we're all going to pick Georgia. Yeah. And, and do I speak for everyone? Yes, you do. I believe you do. Okay. We speak with one voice. That's not worth mentioning. It, 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 I will say this. Again, when people shit on Missouri's week schedule, Georgia playing Southern next week, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, South Carolina will be playing UCF. Uh, Central Florida. Let's talk about that because I don't think you mark South Carolina as a guaranteed win. No, in fact, UCF is not bad. You central Florida there. Yeah, did I say something different? You said south. Well, I meant central Florida. Sure. Directions are hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hell, they were in a a BCS game not long ago. They were. They're 0-3 on the season. Mm -hmm. I feel like I probably shouldn't have told you that so that you would pick them and then I'd pick the other way. But um, It's not a competition here. Struggling this year. It's just a competition. If you tell yourself that. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go around. You're going to pick South Carolina. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take South Carolina. Colin, yeah, I'm on Car- I'm on Carolina. Okay, I guess we're all going South Carolina. So well, never mind. It's no fun. Uh, LSU plays undefeated Syracuse. Yeah, power of the East. Yeah. Uh, so we're we gonna skip through that one again. <laughs> yep, absolutely. What the undefeated Syracuse didn't sway you guys at all? Uh, the power of Baton Rouge for everybody. Uh, in a game that that I think is going to be uh, a good game to watch, Tennessee is playing Florida. 
Yeah, that will be a good. This game is to watch. Uh, yeah a matchup of two teams that everybody every pundit in the uh, the SEC wants to be a good game. In, in True. The, I mean they they you know while Missouri's winning SEC East titles, um, every you know the the SEC fan bases are basically shaking their fists, bemoaning going, yeah bemoaning the fact that Florida and Tennessee are in a in slumps and Missouri's being gifted the SEC East and we don't make no mistake we're being gifted it it's not because we win games or deserve it it's just you know it's it's because these teams are falling on hard they times. really do feel disrespected yes Missouri does feel disrespected so. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see who wins this game. I obviously, I'm going to pick Tennessee. Tennessee's offense looks good to this point. Um, you know, they seem to be able to run the ball uh, pretty effectively. Um, I'm not a believer in Joshua Dobbs or his um, hairless brow, but uh, um, I do believe in their running game. Yeah, I'm a lot more confident in Tennessee after this week, and then after Florida barely gets past Kentucky, I think you have to pick Tennessee. Because you know Tennessee lost in overtime to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was a good team. So you know the, sure. the 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 loss they have is is sure. a good loss in my mind, and um, you know I I don't think Florida's there yet. Well, and this is one of those matchups that maybe not quite with Florida yet, but lots of talent, and the question is, can the the talent be coached mm-hmm. into gel into winning? Right, you know, and that's that's a big question mark with Tennessee and and Florida as well. And the game's at Florida, but I'm I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with Tennessee as well. Just make it a trifecta. Okay, well we have not had a discrepancy yet. <laughs> Uh, so all Alabama is playing uh, UL Monroe. Oh, God damn. Yeah, but Brennan, the don't SEC forget Missouri, schedule. Missouri's schedule is embarrassing. Right. The SEC is you know, the classic SEC, right? Like, oh, SEC is so hard, so hard. So you know what we're going to do in our off weeks? We're going to play the worst team we could possibly find. Who would that be? Well, and the SEC gets a lot of shit for not that playing a nine-game conference That is going to be a bloodbath because if, if, the, if the score holds up in the, in the current game, uh, Nick Saban is going to take it out on the poop shoots of this small podunk team. Nick Saban! Yeah, it's going to be an absolute pounding. Mm-hmm, They're going to be able to do deep knee bends over a fire hydrant after this one. <laughs> so another game that we think it will be easy to pick, uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Wow. Yeah, you know, at the beginning of the season, if you ask me this question, uh, I'd buy into all the garbage and say, oh, sure. this will be a test game. But I think without fail, I say Texas A&M. I'm saying A&M. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to this point, Arkansas has uh, basically stolen any confidence I had in them. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do relish their losing a little bit after the kind of the pompous attitude they had going into the Missouri game at the end of the season last year, how they really thought they were going to beat us. We just beat LSU. We just beat a new world. Yeah, on top of the world. We can score points on us. Hottest team in the country. Fattest coach in the country. Yeah. So, so fuck off. Uh, Texas A&M around. All the way around. Yeah. And then uh, Ole Miss is playing Vandy, which I'm pretty sure we all feel like yep. fairly confident. I'm starting to, it's starting to feel like it might be a boring week next week. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. And then I think, actually, this one may be a little bit more difficult to pick than some of the other ones, Auburn and Mississippi State. Mm. That is good. good little you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, on, I'm on Mississippi State. I, I, Auburn is a mess right now, and that they are – Especially the quarterback position, they're a mess. I'm, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Yeah, um, I'm not high on Mississippi State, but I'm not either. But I'm really can, low on Auburn. I was just going to say, I don't know how you can have any confidence in the old Auburn Tigers, War Eagle, whatever their mascot is. Yeah, yeah. I think this game is at Auburn, which may be a deciding yeah, factor in it. That's so what are you, what are you going to pick, Brian? Well, I, so Mississippi State, you know, they were ranked at the 
the second week they lost to LSU only by like I think two points or something like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Mississippi State. The SEC loves having two mascots. You got the Crimson Tide who have a elephant, elephant, elephant and a Crimson Tide, whatever the fuck that is. I think and it's a it's a menstrual period. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then you've got um, Old Miss. It's got the uh, the Reb and uh, the, uh, yeah, the, bear. the Bear. Yeah, and then you've got. Uh, Auburn, who is uh, the Tigers. Tigers, and the War Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Vanderbilt, which is a Commodore and a hapless virgin. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and uh, I believe that that rounds out the SEC for next week. Except for one, Missouri versus Kentucky. That's right. So let's get into that, fellas. We're playing at Kentucky. Uh, well, I think, you know, we uh, mentioned in an earlier show, Kentucky at least has an answer at the quarterback position. And I don't know that he's a great quarterback, but he's a, a serviceable quarterback. And uh, I, listen, in this game, serviceable I... Serviceable quarterback sounds really good right now. Well, me. you know, no doubt. But serviceable quarterback is not going to be good enough against the Mizzou defense. Um, but that being said... You know, it all comes down to off. I mean, it's almost not worth talking about the defense because you can almost chalk it up to that. That's going to come. You know, defense travels and defenses kind of defenses don't usually just fall off a cliff. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're good and they stay good. And it's it's whether or not our offense is going to get it going at all, at all. I mean, it has been like I said in those early games last year. We we put up some points and Matty Mock was slinging all over the field. There were touchdowns here. I mean, we have not done anything in the three games on offense that gave me gives me any optimism and my only hope is that russell hansborough comes back is effective maybe he can open up the play action a little bit i feel like the way that mock's thrown right now and the with the the little short routes and stuff that you know the linebackers and safeties are going to start creeping up squatting on that stuff uh and they can take that away so they got to get something going um in the running game and try to uh because right now i mean I feel like teams can just pretty much drop seven into coverage and, and know that they're going to give Missouri fits. Well, you're doing a lot of talking. What about your picking? I'm going to pick Missouri ultimately, it's, but it's, it's not with a, a great deal of confidence. It, I wanted, if you'd asked me this game, to pick this game before the season started, I would have picked Missouri with a great deal of confidence. But I, right now, the way their offense is playing, it's hard to have a, have a super amount of optimism. Um, I'm not confident at all that Missouri can win this game after this week, um, but I'm going to pick them simply because I am a Missouri fan. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, unclouded judgment I'm using. <laughs> Brian? Yeah, I, I think I'm in your same boat, Brendan. I, I really want to pick them, but I, I'm just sitting here thinking we're going to Kentucky. We I, did not play well when we went to Arkansas State, and this team is – an SEC caliber team, and granted, it's bottom of the SEC. My hope but. is is that Mizzou puts Mizzou's defense puts us in position to score. You know, yeah. forces some turnovers, maybe even, maybe even has a pick six or a yeah. run back of a fumble, something. I or just gives us short fields where we can get bag it to kick field goals. If I mean, if nothing else, the just get great field position based on defense because you know Vatoni's a good punter, and uh, if we can uh, you know stop Kentucky and he can flip the field and and. You know, we can start at the forty-yard line. It makes such a huge difference when you can basically subtract thirty yards that you don't have to get to get the offense rolling. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to pick Missouri. I think our defense, which I think will be a recurring theme, right? I mean, yeah. how many games it do you travels. think we'll pick because 
Missouri's defense you know, or, or win because mm-hmm. of Missouri's defense this year. Well, let's ask the fine bot, what, Paul. Um, okay. Who do you think is going to win this game? Kentucky. Of course, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Why do we exactly. even have him on the show anymore? Well, we, he's, a, he's a media darling of the SEC. I mean, he's an expert. By the way, Paul Feinbaum figured out like the easiest way to make money. So no. Start a, TV, or start a radio program that crazy SEC fans call into, and you just let like don't even respond. You know, when, when they say something crazy or whatever, it's just like, okay, next caller, we've got so-and-so. Like, don't give any advice. Don't give any thoughts on the games. Don't give any way. He gives thoughts. He just often let, talks about how how um, weak Missouri's schedule is. Um, he often... Um, Go Tigers. Yeah. He, he, he gives opinions. You know, most of his opinions are, you know, I think uh, Alabama's going to win everything all the time. Yes, sir. Uh, Nick Saban... Um, is a beautiful, beautiful man who I would make sweet, gentle love to. Nick Saban. like that. Yeah. 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 But what a great model, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's now, he's, you know, nationally known. And hey, it's, we're coming and for him, Brian. Because of his, the people he has called in. Clearly, we need to have people calling into this show. Not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not either, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, Paul, I'm going to put you down on the record. You're picking Kentucky. Uh, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, other than that, that's the only discrepancy. Everything else along the board we're, we're in agreement with. Um, honestly, I think this might be the Missouri-Kentucky game might be the most uh, up-in-the-air battle between all the schools. Yep. It's, yeah. Uh, Maybe the Tennessee-Florida, depending on how that, that shakes out. That's the only other one I can think of. Yeah. So, fellas. We did it again. <laughs> we knocked the sucker out of the park. Any closing thoughts? I mean, you know, we, we pulled out a – Ugly, ugly win on national television. Part of me wonders if that's going to knock us out of the national yeah. polls. Mm, it might. Kali Wanti Drew Lockie. Kali <laughs> Likey. So that's my statement for um, next week. I want some more Drew Locke. Okay. Although we looked good. The, the stadium on television looked good with the whole black and gold. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. After the first quarter, whenever Strange everybody game. was still drinking Bloody Marys. Well, yeah. yeah. And then once they started leaving, we didn't look so good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, final thought would be that, again, you know, our defense saves us one more time, right? Um, guys, I hate to interrupt, oh my God. but we have forgotten something. You're absolutely right. There is a flaxen-haired blonde beauty who epitomizes all that it is to be Mizzou-made, a beautiful man whose hair is rivaled by none, and his name, a former Mizzou quarterback, Kirk Farmer. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. So it's time to pick a player who represents all that is glorious about Kirk Farmer's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, Brennan, what do you, who would your choice be? This is a tough one. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's a few. I'm going to throw out a few candidates. Uh, Kentrell Brothers, another great performance by him. This would be three weeks in a row if he wins it, Brennan. Right. Um, but I'm also going to say uh, our, our, our puncher, Fatoni, he was on the field <laughs> more than anybody. He was on the field more than anyone. <laughs> Um, uh, I think you can talk about Cheryl's who got the interception, which iced the game. Um, he's a potential candidate hunt who had the Tyler hunt. biggest offensive play of the day. And I don't, I mean, not Matty mock. The I truth, think you can talk about not having Matty mock give the player a game. I tr- truthfully, I think that's a sad statement of how this game went, that there isn't a clear cut Kirk farmers, her player. Of the game. It's not, it's, it's not because it was a team win. That's, no. that's not the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to go with brothers. 
I mean, Brothers had 10 more tackles. He had, and he blocked a kick today. Yeah. I mean, he, he did. And maybe Brothers' performance doesn't seem Kirk Farmer's hair worthy today, but, but he's had the most Kirk Farmer's hair worthy play today of any Mizzou player, and that's more of a statement of how poor the Mizzou team played than anything else. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. I, I give it to Brothers, too. I mean, third th- week in a row. Here's, here's the reason I'll, I'll say Brothers. Uh, there was a tackle he had, which absolutely, I think, prolapsed the re- the colon of the um, of of the t- of the Yukon player. I mean, he is a beast. When he t- tackles a guy, he brings everything, and he seems to be all over the field. I'm going to go control brothers. Yeah. Well, I even though the the two outnumber the one, I last week I thought about it seriously, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with our punter. He had two punts inside the twenty. He had he averaged forty yards, which is down from his How average. How far have we fallen if we're picking punters? Last mm-hmm. last week, and uh, yeah, the guy's a freshman. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. go with him. I mean, I think if you were talking he, about he is someone, making a scholarship look worthwhile. Someone no. who stands out. It's 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 strange to see a scholarship out. being given to a punter, but he is he is earning it. No, yeah, I I think it's a he flips I, the field. I think it's a completely respectable pick, and I think he's every bit at least worthy of a Kirk Farmer's runner. He's got an award. awesome last name, Fatoni. Yeah, fat one knee. Yeah, I'm Fatoni. a fat one. I'm fat one. Come on, Fatoni. It's like Joey Fatone. E. Hey, Copernicus, find you way to the back of the line, huh? <laughs> exactly, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. So on a vote of two to three, I think we're going to give it to Kentrell Brothers. You are, for the third consecutive week, the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. In the bank. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know what? I cannot wait for an offensive player to win this award. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's going to pretty well wrap it up. I want to remind all the fans to tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter um, at Mazodcast. Uh, email us at um, Mazodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I want to say something, too. Um, I appreciate the, the new iTunes reviews and uh, all the attention we're getting the survey f- filled out. Uh, we are tracking our listenership, and uh, if we get to 20,000 listeners um, and, and 100 surveys reviewed, uh, that will really we'll be able to be in, con- in contention for big-time advertising. So uh, tell a friend. That we're scarily close. We're, we're, scr- we're strike- strangely striking our way up towards that. Seriously, what are you doing listening to this show? <laughs> these people. These but people. I also I do want to mention something. While we're tracking our listeners, I've noticed a strange trend, which is we have international listeners, folks. Hmm. Um, we have people. I feel like there's for, international draw for us. Yeah, there's a few people from the United Kingdom, from Mexico, Canada. The interesting thing for me is... Is one of our biggest international audiences is in the nation of Jordan. Hmm. Uh, so if you if you're our Jordanian listener or listeners, email us at mazagas at gmail.com or tweet us at mazagas. We would like to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah. We want to know what your situation is and how in the sandy dune of Jordan you care about Mizzou. Yeah. At all. Or us, for God's sakes. Allah. Man, I tell you why they love us is because we're amazing. Yeah. I don't mind saying it. Yeah. We're great. So I think that's that's all the business we need to wrap up this week. Uh, until next week, hopefully for a 4 and 0, a 1 and 1 and 0 in the SEC start uh, against Kentucky. This is the Mazodcast. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. MIZ.
Hey, Copernicus, find your way to the back of the line, huh? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.